Um, Don, thank you for asking me to lead on such short notice. Um, <laughs> she asked me last night, but um, I'm really grateful to be here. Welcome to the newcomers, and congratulations to the birthday takers. Um, three years is a, is a big deal. Um, I really liked the one guy shares second, I forget your name, maybe Eric. Um, <laughs> but um, I could relate. You talked about licking that sucker from an early age. And um, <clears throat> my parents, once you know everything was said and done, they kind of were like, you know, we should have known that something was different about you. You know, that one year, Christmas time, every time this, our neighbors would give us this like Harvey Wallbanger cake. And if you know anything about Harvey Wallbanger cake, it's like drizzled with like rum on top. And apparently, like I one year just like ate the whole entire pan and like took it to my room and like was looking at the ceiling fan and it was like spinning. And I just couldn't have enough of it. And um, they're like, you know, we should have known like something was off. It runs in my family. Um, but you know, for a really long time, I, um, you know, I, I played it off pretty cool. Um, I didn't start drinking till um, my senior year in high school, but I always knew that something was different. Um, I went to San Clemente High School. I'm local. Um, I grew up playing sports. I did student government, got straight A's. Um, I was always had to be in control. And um, when I went away to college, I had my first sip of alcohol, and it was on. Um, I no longer had to be perfect and get good grades. No one was, you know, watching me, and I was able to manage it for. Um, a little while because when you're in college everyone else is kind of doing the same deal and it's hard to determine you know a heavy drinker versus the alcoholic and um, I'll never forget it, it I joined a sorority and um, it was parents weekend and um, after we had our parents dinner we all went out afterwards we had a um, my sorority had an exchange with the fraternity and um, that night with my parents in town, um, I never went home because I ended up in the hospital for the first time. Um, and I had a blood alcohol co content of 0.4, which um, that is the lowest blood alcohol content I have had, and I've been admitted to the hospital eight times. Um, so that's just the beginning of my alcoholism. Um, a month later, I got admitted to the hospital again at a um, sorority exchange with the fraternity. And um, <laughs> then, the we, uh, again, with an extremely high blood alcohol content, and um, the sorority actually kicked me out. I was the first female to ever be kicked out of a sorority on my school campus. So that was really good. They, called, they said I was a, a liability, um, <laughs> which, you know, you know, whatever. And, um, <laughs> So, but you know, even from then, my drinking didn't stop. I lost, I, I didn't hang out with anyone in my sorority anymore, and I just felt like um, I, they were supposed to be my sisters, and they just ditched me. Um, but I just found new friends that did what I did. You know, it wasn't really hard to do when I was in college. And um, uh, drugs were never part of my story. Um, I've only maybe, I think I've smoked pot maybe five times. I'm an alcoholic to the core. And, um, you know, I managed somehow to to graduate college. Um, I majored in nutrition, which the whole time I was 
<laughs> the whole time during my major, I remember clearly when we had a whole quarter on like alcohol metabolism, and I was like, I was going to get this down. I was going to learn how to drink while I was studying this while I was drunk in class. I was going to learn how to drink. I was going to manage it, and I was going to do it better than anybody else. And and it worked for a while. Like I said, I was able to graduate, but um, <laughs> I uh, right before graduation, um, I couple months before I had gotten a DUI again when my parents were in town that was fun and um, <laughs> and uh, I didn't tell them about it and I thought I was you know I was just gonna deal with it myself I was gonna you know do whatever they told me the, the police told me to do or whatever the judge um, and then sure enough a month later I got another one and um, so it was exactly a month apart and so I went had my court date and the judge charged me for one, but the DMV charged me to, for two. So I had to do the second offender program. Um, and I remember I got off house, I was studying for finals with an ankle bracelet, and I was writing my, um, my graduation invites. Like I had to cover one eye because my vision was going from withdrawing from alcohol because I was on house arrest. And um, as soon as I got that ankle bracelet off the day before my graduation ceremony, I was at the bars, you know, I w it was on. I was like, this is perfect timing, you know, like this is awesome. And um, I just couldn't get it. And, you know, I think it's that because I was able to manage everything else other than like, you know, the DUIs and the hospital visits, I think that's why my parents had a hard time believing it because I was, you know, this perfect straight A student for so long. Um, and then um, I... I had to, even after graduation, I had to stay up in San Luis Obispo where I went to school, and I had to stay up there to complete my second offender program. So I had a job, ironically enough, working as a dietary aide in the hospital, and um, <laughs> and I was going to my second offender program, and um, and I was making it, it it work for a while, but I was you know drinking really heavily every time I got off work, like really heavily. And um, I ended up developing a skin condition called psoriasis, where it got to the point where it looked like I had battery acid poured on my body, and um, I wasn't able to, and I wasn't able to sleep anymore because I was itching so bad, and I wasn't able to fall asleep anymore without the aid of alcohol, um, and that caused me to develop psychosis. I was um, then sent to, I was living with my boyfriend at the time, and he sent me to the mental hospital up in San Luis Obispo County, which was kind of convenient because it was right next door to my um, second offender program. Um, <laughs> God. So I, I was up there in um, the mental hospital because of my psychosis. I literally remember, like, I thought my neighbors were trying to kill me. I ran over to, we were living downtown, and I was, like, only in a T-shirt and my underwear, and I ran across the street to the law office and, like, told them that my boyfriend was trying to kill me. Um, I was seeing, like, a um, party bus going outside my window. It was, like, gnarly stuff that I was seeing. And I would, um, and, you know, I, I was, they, they held me there. It's such a blur. But they held me there for two days. And then I got released. And then, um, you know, I'm, I'm, like, everything always happened, like, a month later with me. Um, but a month later, I started having um, the psychosis again because I picked up drinking even after the mental hospital again. And um, I started playing tag around the streets of the San Luis Obispo at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning. 
and the officer like pulled me over and he started to like test me and I, and he I was completely sober. Um, I just was having these crazy hallucinations from not being able to drink without alcohol. I was detoxing. Um, so from then, my mom, she came and she picked me up, and um, she was going to drive me home down to the hospital down here so I could be with my parents. And um, on the way home, we were, like, driving through Irvine. And I don't mean this in, like, a, in a racist way at all, but we were driving through Irvine, and she had this, like, fleur-de-lis emblem on her bag and I thought that there was like an Asian gang that was trying to kill us and get her bag and steal our car and so I kept like putting a blanket over her head as she was driving us and she she was just like you know I was having another hallucination in the car from not having alcohol so um, finally she just drove me straight to Laguna Beach Hospital and um, from there um, that's where my my road to recovery kind of started I guess I was introduced to I remember it's such a blur, um, and which is crazy because it was one of the times I ended up in the hospital sober, um, and I don't remember it. I, I They handed me out pamphlets with, like, butterflies on it for Ashlyn, and I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I just could not put it all together. And then they released me, and um, I ended up just, like, I stayed at home, and I got my high school job back working at a restaurant, and um, I was just throwing a pity party. I was like... I was seeing all my friends, like, off and married with kids and buying homes, and I was just like, what am I doing? You know, I'm back working at my high school job, making pasta, you know, and um, and so I started drinking again. I didn't know how to deal with life. I didn't know how to deal with the feelings I was having. All I knew how to do was to drink, and that made everything go away, and um, I was living at home with my parents, and they were—they really could see firsthand now how bad my drinking was and the lengths that I was going to get alcohol. I would be getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning, because I couldn't drive at this time still, and um, I'd get up at 5 o'clock in the morning. I lived down in San Clemente, and I walked all the way up to the Catalina Liquor that was behind the Starbucks, if any of you are familiar with the area. I would walk all the way up there every single morning, and I would buy... I would buy a fifth of vodka, and that couldn't even last me through the day, and I'd have to buy another one when I got off work. And um, I was just consuming so much alcohol. Finally, I ended up in the hospital again. This time, um, I had a blood alcohol content of 0.7. And um, that I, re I don't remember much of it. I know I was intubated, and um, my stomach was pumped and all that, and I just remember the doctor coming in, and he's clapping his hands, and I was like, I had no idea what happened, and, and um, like, congratulations, you just broke the Orange County record, and um, my dad was sitting right next to me, and he just, he was just like this, you know, and um, the doctor told me right then, he's like, you know, um, I'm going to make it hell for you to ever get your license back, I'm going to make it hell for you, you know, to have a life, and, um, I couldn't believe that. I, I still, at that moment, I was like, I, I was like, I'm just drinking. It's legal. I'm 21 years old. Like, what's his deal? You know, I, I couldn't get it. And um, I wish I could say that's a, that was the last time. But I still, with my, I was so upset. The doctor, as soon as I got out, I drank again, and I ended up in the hospital again, and um, again to another mental institution. And um, I finally got out, and I was living with my parents still, my poor parents, and they're trying to sell their home at this time, and I'm just, you know, peeing the bed, peeing the couch, you name it, like, 
I was just a mess. And then um, I, I don't I don't know what happened, but um, my parents had some family friends that um, knew people in the program, and they asked if they would call, or they called them and asked if they would come and see if they could help me. And um, that day, Don Mann showed up at my house, and um, my dad looked over at her and he said, uh, "Be careful, she has a bottle of water, a water bottle full of vodka in her bed." And Don was like, "Great, you know, you know how she is." And um, and you know, that's kind of all it took, you know. It's like, oh my God, like, I, you know, because I knew my behaviors were kind of crazy, but it was like for someone else to like, kind of know that that was, and like say that that was okay, and she like looked normal, you know. I was like, okay, cool, you know, sure, I'll get in the car with you. And I got in the car with her, and um, that's, you know, she, um, <laughs> I didn't stay sober with her either, and, um, but I did eventually get a bed at Ashland, and, um, and I'm really, I'm really grateful for that. I got a bed at Ashland, and that was when I finally was introduced to the 12 Steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, this whole deal is so much more than just um, not drinking, um, and, uh, Ashland provided for me a pl somewhere that I could go to get far enough away from alcohol, and that was re that's really hard. And um, I I stayed at Ashland the whole. I did the 30 days. I stayed went into sober living, and I did the whole, you know, the whole year. I made my bed. I did my chore. I got my court card signed. I got my work done. You know, you name it, I did it. Like, and then it, sure enough, a month later, I got drunk. And I, um, I was out there for a while. I ended up in the hospital uh, six months. I ended up in the hospital twice, though. And um, one of them, you know, I, I called my girlfriends from Ashland, and they took me this last time around on, um, it was, it would have been January 10th, because my sobriety date is January 11th. They took me January 10th to the hospital to get detoxed and before I could go into a treatment. And um, I was sitting on the bed, crisscross applesauce. They would, you know, put a banana bag in me, and they're like, you know, we'll see what your blood alcohol content is. This girl down here, she's like 0.2. I'm sure enough, I'm like 0.4, and I'm just like completely coherent. And that kind of scared me, I guess. And um, that's when my sobriety started this time around. I um, I got into a treatment center that was a 12 steps. It wasn't necessarily alcohol, but it was 12 steps based. And it um, and then I left actually. AMA, and I decided to work the whole 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, I can see now, like, my difference from when I was in Ashland and this time around is I really did learn that, like, um, Ashland is not AA. And for me, like, I needed to make this program, AA, a way of life so that I could, because I'm not here sober today to to be miserable you know I want to know how to live life the way that everybody else does I want to know how to handle things I want to know how to, how to handle life how it comes at me and a and AA and working the steps with the sponsor has taught me how to do that and um, and I'm super grateful for that um, you know my sobriety day is January 11th of 2015 and I used to come into these rooms because I had nowhere else to go and today I come here because I have so much to lose, you know. Um, she asked me to speak last night, and it's like, yeah, I'll be there. You know, I have a million and one things to do, but I will be there because I have so much to lose. In this program, you know, I have a host of friends that, you know, threw my baby shower for me. I mean, back up. 
I got married in this, I, I met my husband, I met my husband in this program, I got married in this program, I've had a baby in this program, I just bought my first home last week in this program, yeah, <clears throat> and you know, f um, gosh, that is so amazing, you know, almost five years ago, I didn't even have, I didn't even have a place, I didn't even have a bed to call mine, I was sleeping on my sponsor's air mattress, um, living with my girlfriend, and we were getting sober together because my mom, she said she would not buy me a bed because I had peed through too many. I, no joke, I had peed through three mattresses and just completely ruined them. And that was my story, you know. I would wake up and either I would open my eyes and be like, okay, am I in the hospital? Okay, did I pee the bed? And whose bed am I in? That's always what it was for me, and that's not how it is today. Um, this program is amazing. If I, if I could give you any piece of advice, like, you know, life gets really big in here really quick if you do the, if you do the deal. Find a sponsor that you can talk to no matter what. Like, because I'm telling you, like, when your life gets big, and I still go to, I try to go to at least three meetings a week, but life gets big. And just find someone that you can be yourself with and that you can talk to about anything. And, um, man, you, you will have the life you always dreamed of, the life you deserve to have. Like, I fully believe that. And um, it's 8 o'clock. I'm a little early, but <laughs> Don told me, you know, you, everyone likes an earlier speaker than someone that speaks for too long. So um, thank you guys so much. And, um, yeah, that's all I got. Yeah.